The Deal with Yield is a podcast series covering the issues that matter most in crop production. Tune in to episodes on iTunes, My Farm Radio, and the Growing Knowledge blog on AnswerPlot.com. It's time for The Deal with Yield. And joining us, Winfield Ag Technology Application Lead, Joel Whipperford, and Winfield Master Agronomy Advisor, Kyle Reiner. First of all, Joel, tell us a little bit about yourself and your position. Sure. I've worked for Winfield for about six years. I grew up on a dairy farm in southern Wisconsin. And for the last five years, I've been working with ag retailers around southeast Minnesota, working with the answer plot system and helping to deliver that value proposition. I changed into an ag technology applications lead for the U.S. for Winfield. And that's a space that's rapidly evolving as the Internet of Things or the Internet of Ag Things comes about. Kyle, tell us a little bit about yourself. So Kyle Reiner, Master Agronomy Advisor for Winfield. I just came up on my 10-year anniversary with the company. I work with growers. We all try to optimize the acre and do the best thing for the grower. Kyle and Joel, tell us about some top tips for fall nitrogen applications. The three steps in my mind to thinking about nitrogen management overall is, number one, stabilizers are best management practices. NSERV and Instinct are two great ones to use in the fall, whether it's manure, urea, or ammonia. Number two, take the opportunity to split apply nitrogen. And number three, if you're going to manage nitrogen, measure it. And that comes in a variety of ways, whether it's taking a spring nitrate sample, a pre-side dress nitrate sample, or maybe even using one of the modeling tools. Soil type is a big factor. If you got a, a more of a coarse type soil like Joel was talking in as far east of his territory, is conducive to losing it. We are fortunate in our half of the state we have really heavy, heavy clay soils. And with clay soils, you have good and the bads that come with it. You can have ponding water, which you could lose nitrogen up. And so we don't have the profile that's leaching it down through. But it does adhere to those clay particles a little better in our half of the state. Fungicide spraying, the increase fungicide spraying by farmers, and your thoughts on what kind of a difference this has made on the health of the crop? I think the fungicide applications, there's a couple decisions to make. Do you want to do it at V5 or knee high, or do you want to do it at tassel? The answer plot data last year, we actually designed and built a specific piece of equipment that our answer plot guys call Skywalker. And they went through and they sprayed fungicide by hybrid, and they sorted out that some hybrids responded a little better than others. And we've always kind of thought that way, but this actually was one of the first data-oriented pieces where we've sorted it out. And one of the things that I kind of thought was interesting was the visual observations that Kyle or I would have made and said, that hybrid there needs a little help, needs some plant health. Let's apply a fungicide to it. Some of our visual observations were not the same as what the data was. And I think that was a really big turning point for me that some of the emotional or or phenotypic physical judgments that we've made on corn, you got to take these things to yield. These hybrids, they might have potential that I couldn't see as an old corn pro walking around out there. Kyle, what do you see on uh, grain hybrids for fungicide by crop rotation? You know, grain... It's kind of funny. You go in my western half, they kind of just wait for Mother Nature. Is it dry here? No, we're not going to apply it. And we really have to do a better job of looking at the response to fungicide scores based off our answer plot data and apply to those hybrids. It's expensive, no doubt, but we don't have a high score if it doesn't respond. 
And in my area, it's been up to 22 bushels at the highest. And there's times when the fungus isn't present and we don't see a big thing. We're slowing down the ethylene process. We're trying to manage harvest intervals. So there's other things, other benefits that people somewhat overlook. And I don't think it's just based off of, look, I don't think it's going to rain anymore, so I'm not going to spend money. And we talk about drought tolerance. On my iPhone last year, I got a thermal imaging camera, just like the firefighters use. And in the answer plots, I would take leaves of corn, treated and untreated, and you could see a lower thermal signature. Basically, you could see a cooler leaf. And when we think about fungicides, yes, they are designed to inhibit fungal pathogens, or they're designed to slow or stop fungus, right? But they actually function a little bit closer to a plant growth regulator. Kyle talks about ethylene inhibition. Ethylene is nature's ripening agent. If you ever put a couple bananas in a brown paper bag with an apple, they'll turn brown really fast. That's ethylene. Your corn crop produces ethylene and fungicides slow that production, allowing for more photosynthesis and more sunlight collection. And that same thing goes for increased respiration. And that's where the drought tolerance for fungicide comes in is that they're able to help that plant keep its stomates on the bottom of the leaves closed and they don't respire as much water out there. And I was able to see that with the thermal imaging camera that the plants were a little bit cooler. What are your tips for fall weed control and what are some of the most common weeds you see during that fall timeline? We don't have a lot of no-till situations to where we're seeing a lot of the perennial crops like they would in South North Dakota or down in Missouri or wherever. But our biggest, hardest to control weed in late summer to early fall would be water hemp. So fall herbicide programs, to me, getting after the field with some 2,4-D, there's been some basis express, some DuPont chemistry programs that have looked pretty good on the ridge-till environments in the past. There's some newer chemistries that have come along, not newer chemistries overall, but new mixes. And then in a conventional till environment, dual, fall dual is still a, a popular program in some areas, as dual takes a little bit more water to get activated, or metolachlor would be the active ingredient. And it takes a little bit more water to activate that. And it's a way to have a couple of farms that have the nitrogen down, their P and K down, the chemical down. And it's a couple of fields you can get started on as soon as the conditions are fit. So I think that's really the strong advantage is to put a fall herbicide down to get a couple of fields ready to plant right away. The other day I was walking a field with a grower and he picked up four plants. He says, what's this? What's this? What's this? They're all the same. All the same water hemp. They all had different leaf structure. They all had different stem color. They all had different sizes. And always, always bet on the pest. Hey, farmers have adapted. They always have. I saw a lot more pre-emerges go down this spring on soybeans in particular. But one of the key messages as you're managing resistance is, number one, Roundup controls 183 other weed species. It just doesn't control four in our area, and they just happen to be the four that are most prevalent. Water hemp, ragweed, common and giant, and lamb's quarter. So I think as you walk through this progression of weeds, we'll continue to rotate modes of action. I know that our agronomists in the answer plot this year have done a great job of mode of action training, trying to get our growers and our retailers to see that some chemistries, although they have different brand names, have same sites of action on plants. Or maybe they're used as pre-emerge and post-emerges with different brand names, and they're still the same mode of action. So we're really trying hard to rotate chemistries, to use tank mix partners, and one of the big keys is spraying weeds when they're under two inches, which is a pop can. 
Most herbicides for soybeans that are not Roundup are labeled under two inches. Cobra's four inches. And after that, you should get off the tractor and pull the weed. People throw a lot of darts at Roundup. Oh, this doesn't work, and we're not going to buy the traits anymore, and all this stuff. It works if you spray it when it's supposed to. Yes, there is some tolerances to some of the plants out there, but it does a great job. Prees are not 100%. They're 85 to 90%. Some places a little better, some places a little worse. Nothing is a silver bullet, and people got to understand that's why we're layering in stuff to get a better mode of action, better control. And we need to do a better job in industry spraying when the weeds are small and more often. You've been listening to The Deal with Yield with Joel Whipperfirth, Winfield Ag Technology Application Lead and Winfield Master Agronomy Advisor, Kyle Reiner. For more episodes of The Deal with Yield, visit iTunes, My Farm Radio, and the Growing Knowledge blog on AnswerPlot.com.